BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Could I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race line. Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USD has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. We're back for episode 484 of the Reign of Troy radio podcast here live on YouTube. This is going to be a tier ranking of USC's biggest wins for the Pac-12 era. We're also publishing tonight's over on our membership only feed here on YouTube. For our members, tier ranking USC's biggest heartbreak losses of the Pac-12 era. It is a uh, twin bill, a double feature. If you're a member, if you're not a member, this is the perfect opportunity here to join us, uh, as always, live on YouTube every Monday night at 5 p.m. Or, as tonight goes, 5.15 p.m. Um, but also join us um, and join the Rot Squad, where you can join us for extra content as well as joining us over on discord as well. I'm your host, Michael Castillo, general is my co-host here in the Rancho studio in Los Angeles, Alisa Daratola. Hello everybody. Hello. Uh, we are here. Um, Reverend Murdy in the chat says, I didn't think there was going to be an episode tonight. Yeah, because we're 15 minutes late because we recorded the, the members only episode right before this. And there was a lot to cover. It, it may have gone a little long. Just a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. So yeah. you have that to look forward to uh, if you're a member or if you're thinking about becoming a member and you want to sign up uh, just to just to commiserate with us about uh, about USC's most memorably frustrating losses, uh, then yeah. Yeah. But here on the live show, we're talking about USC's biggest wins of the Pac-12 era. We, we talked about it 
this is this is the time we talked to our, our 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 buddy Kenny of Traveler Hitch Thursdays, former lady of Traveler Hitch Thursdays. Rest in peace to that pod. Um, we talked to him last week, and we're like, this is such a great time to start going over all the Pac-12 stuff. Um, ideally, you would do it. We'd do it next year because we could, you know, who is the best player of the Pac-12 era? Who is the best this of the Pac-12 era? Because this upcoming season still is going to be the final year of the Pac-12 era, but Let's be honest. When the season ends, it's Big Ten fully ahead. Like all, it's all gas on the on the on the Big Ten era. Yeah, there will be a lot to talk about, a lot to cover, a lot to immerse ourselves in uh, when it comes to the Big Ten. So, yeah, we might as well start doing our 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 Pac-12 goodbyes now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so here we go. Uh, for episode 484 for, for, those, for those in the chat who are scared of the the heartbreakers uh that's a more fun conversation than you might think <laughs> conversations a lot of laughs actually uh yeah. looking back there's only there's only one or two that um that are unspeakable and and uh yeah we yeah. get through those quick one two three four maybe eight we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see uh that'll be posted uh later tonight for for members only but Let's talk about um, some really quick um, news items before we rush into things. All right. A couple of uh, news. USC transfers are have found new homes and they are going to be on USC's schedule this fall. Gary Bryant Jr. He is headed to Oregon. Uh, safety Britton Allen is headed to Utah. Yeah, um, yeah. In 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 conference transfers are always tough. Um, I think when you look at USC and where they're at with both of those positions, these aren't the transfers that you sort of hurt over, and uh, and you just hope that those guys don't hurt USC when they play them this this fall. Well. Yeah, I I I think that. You know, Britton Allen has a bright future. I always liked what I saw I of him. Yeah, I would have loved for him to do something at USC, but it just never came together. Yeah, and with Gary Bryant Jr., you saw those flashes. I, I think he absolutely has potential, um, you know, to, to be a star player. Um, we'll see if it all comes together for him um, up in Eugene. The same thing with Britton Allen in Salt Lake City. Um, and and ju- just to mention, um, not to jump ahead, but both of them also got their degrees uh, this past weekend. They both were among the football players who graduated. So good on them. Yeah. Uh, SC um, had the graduation this past week. And which reminds me that this week, sorry, two days from now, Wednesday will be my 10 year anniversary of graduating from SC, which is mind boggling to me. Like I, I feel like just yesterday I was walking down the thingamajig. It's crazy. Time goes fast. It it is absolutely insane. So big congratulations to all of the SC grads. Although a big sorry to I I missed the name. Uh, did you see the viral TikTok of the SC grad who had the the, the sash that was misspelled? Yeah, yeah. It was the the um, uh, it was the art. It was the arts. What was it? Um, not theater. It was. Uh, it was some dramatic arts. Dra- yeah, dramatic it was, arts. It was dramatic arts. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh dear. Good, good times. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, the other news um, is Dylan Rayola, the um, quarterback out of Pinnacle High in Phoenix. I feel like this is just a Pinnacle High pod now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, can't go in Robinson. Without, without Pinnacle High from, from Pinnacle High. Mm-hmm. Um, Dylan Rayola, the the number one recruit in the nation. Um, he is committed to Georgia. Uh, the Georgia Bulldogs, the number one uh, recruit in the nation for the 2024 class. He had SC there in the mix, but ultimately uh, picks Georgia over USC and Nebraska. Five-star quarterback. Um, got a feel for those for those Bulldogs. The um, reeling after not getting Deuce Robinson, and they get Rayola instead. Yeah, uh, I don't know that USC is reeling from this one. Uh, going going back the other way, when you get Malachi Nelson. Um, in this, uh, this most recent class, uh, and you trust that Lincoln Riley will be able to have his cha- put his hand in it at recruiting the next number one quarterback. Um, this year was not the year that USC needed to get uh, the, the top guy, although it would have been nice to get Dylan Raiola, but you know, it's also hard for a top guy to pick USC when the sort of heir apparent is already present. Um, so, yeah. 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 get for georgia malachi nelson is, is here already on on campus um so we'll see uh what comes of that um nonetheless all things continue to move forward uh there will be other quarterbacks um i th- this is one of those things where it's it's not about missing on these quarterbacks it's missing on a quarterback you need to have a quarterback yeah uh, sc currently does have a quarterback and malachi nelson is going to be uh, around um around the same time but um still forward uh sc will move so uh let's move on and just get to the tier ranking shall we like the, this is what Con- we all want to do talk about the wins considering how long it took us to talk about the losses we should just get rolling on the tier ranking <laughs> yes uh we, we got a uh comment from kenny in the chat says this is going to be ranking interconference wins or all wins from that era all wins from the era Yes. So the Pac-12 era started in 2011. SC, of course, played in the first Pac-12 game. And I, I just realized, dummy me did not put that win on this tier ranking list. I'm dumb. Because been on there. I guarantee you it would have been not memorable because I can't even sit here. And- it was memorable. Was SC, it? Beat, SC beat Utah 23 23- uh, to 14 it was a game that fans walked out thinking that the game was 17 to 14 uh, oh, it was right. a blocked punts by by Torin Harris uh scoop Torin Harris scooped it and uh took it all the way back but it was there was a penalty that said that the points didn't matter but SC still won two hours later they said the points did matter it was a big old deal in Vegas you know how not memorable that win was we, we literally, literally talked, talked about this an hour about that ago. win an hour ago and yes. I, didn't, I didn't remember it so oh. yeah there you go. Uh, all right, uh, let's get into uh, let's let's get into our tier ranking, talking about USC uh, and the wins over the um, over anybody. Right, like this is this this is going to be the tier rankings of any wins in the the Pac-12 era for the Trojans. Um, here we go. We we start. With in 2011, with the 31-17 win at Notre Dame, uh, the Juanza Starling scoop and score, SC wins 31-17 on the road. Where does it go? Uh, we have tiers. 
which are forever iconic. These are the games you're going to remember for the rest of your life. Still buzzing. The games that you're literally still buzzing about. Good times. Those were just, man, those are good times when SC had a win like that. Uh, that was nice. The inverse to this was that sucked when we did, when we talk about the, the USC losses, but for wins, that was nice. Uh, and finally, not memorable for wins that were maybe not memorable. But let's start. In 2011, USC beats Notre Dame 31-17 in South Bend. Where's, where's that rank for you? Okay, I was going to put this in that was nice, but then I thought it's a rivalry game. Rivalry game should be elevated, so I would say good times. Um, it's one of the more memorable plays of the last decade. Yes. Just the Juanza Starling scoop and score. Like that's the first thing you think of. Um, it's, it's a, it's a play that comes to mind whenever Notre Dame is brought up as a rival. And uh, it was just one of those really satisfying, satisfying wins in a, in a season of, of uh, building momentum. Uh, that was one of the really ball moving sort of uh, momentum getters, because before that, USC had lost to Arizona state. They mm -hmm. had some sort of weird wins against Arizona and Cal. Like it wasn't, it wasn't clear that it was a good season yet. And then that season signaled that it was going to be a good season. Yeah. I, I think this is a good times win. What, what, what say you? Do you agree? Yeah. Go good, times. good, good times win. Um, one that I think really solidified that, Hey, Barkley's a really damn good quarterback and the 2011 season started out so slow. This kind of, cemented that this could be a season that could have a lot of positives to it. Um, ultimately ended up being the case. Um, the following month, SC wins 38-35 on the road at number four, Oregon in 2011. Uh, a wild game. SC goes up big, has to hold on at the end when Maldonado misses and goes wide right uh, on a field goal that uh, was nearly blocked by uh, Tony Burnett. SC gets the win, um, a big statement win, big game from Matt Barkley, big game from Marquise Lee and Robert Woods. Um, is I'm this still buzzing still, or is this forever iconic? Still buzzing. I'm, I'm not, I'm going to wait to put it in, in the top category. I don't think it quite gets there for some reason that I will explain very shortly uh, when okay. we discuss the next win. Um, still buzzing. A, a, an incredible win. The payoff to all of the excitement the Stanford, um, the, the Stanford loss that didn't feel like a loss. Um, the, the producer of the greatest Friday night video that USC has ever produced or the, the impetus mm -hmm. for the, the greatest Friday night, uh, video that, uh, hype great, video that USC has ever produced. Great Lane Kiffin, um, ensemble with the, uh, the, the white beanie. Yes classic when he changed up uh, away from the visor mm -hmm. uh, which didn't always go well for USC but surely not in the symbol in, in this case uh yes so yeah i think um this might have been different too if if the ending hadn't been so nervy like USC almost blew this game like <laughs> USC was blowing them out that's the thing is they were blowing them out and they almost blew it yeah um so that took a little shine off but it's still a really really outstanding win that should have you buzzing a, a couple things that i think that cement this as a great win for sc and i think that 
yeah, it, it's fringe forever iconic, but I th- I think still buzzing still works for now. We can we can move it up later if we decide to. But one of the things is this game aged perfectly. SC didn't blow it at the end. They could have, they didn't. The season ends the following week against UCLA. There's no bowl game. There's no repeat championship game. And as much as everyone is clamoring from that, you at least still didn't have the opportunity of going back to Eugene two weeks later and losing. Yeah. <laughs> and which Fair. I still think was probably going to happen. I like, I, I think going up to Eugene and winning twice in two weeks, extremely difficult. Um, and so everything ends just to the perfect opportunity. We're like, yep, we're just maximum success and tap out and you're cashed out. Like you're, you're, you're in a Vegas casino and you cashed out at the right time. That's, that's what, that's what that was. Uh, which leads us into the 50 to nothing USC win over the Bruins in 2011, the following week. I feel like this has to go into forever iconic just because of the, the 50 to nothing scoreline. If, if we had a tier above forever iconic, it would go in that tier. Um, it, it's that, it's that uh, 50 like, to nothing. high to you. Yes. 50 to nothing against a rival. And like you said, in the context of a season where this was the fun, this was the finale, nothing came after there was nothing. You got, you lived off of that win yeah. for the entire rest of the year. Um, it, for the, for the rest of the year, for the, the following year, it was an iconic victory that cemented. And also it was um, that same year. I think Rick Neuheisel had, had taken the, the newspaper article out that was talking about the well, the, the newspaper monopoly. article came out when he got hired. Yeah, but, when he got but this hired, is when the it became a meme. It of became the other a way. meme because of yeah. this game, and that was amazing. Uh, yes, absolutely, just on a tier, on a tier level of iconic. If if we did a tier ranking of of UCLA of U, wins for USC over UCLA, uh, it would be in that S tier. Um, so I I have of, a th- of greatness, and you're about to be the contrarian and i and i don't i'm like not it. the contrarian here okay. i think i think this is belongs in forever iconic where the only thing that i have against this game is i think so much of it is because the score was 50 to 0 if it was 49 nothing i don't think people feel no. the same way if it was 52 to 3 i don't think people feel the same way okay that's i think fair. the like the if it was 50 to 2 and there was a safety i don't think people feel the same like the 50 to 0 like the 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 <coughs> the numerals it just looks clean and that is why we remember it that's fair in addition I, to everything else because yeah. it was the statement it was the bowl game for the season yeah. and all that stuff and i think that to have the perfect 50 to nothing scoreline allows it to be that it's beautiful uh, yes yeah and, and like kenny and says that, but it but it wasn't 52 to 3 it was 50, it was to, 50 nothing. to nothing exactly yes yeah. and and also like it's just like you dominated your rival yeah i mean curtis mcneil went off um marquise lee and robert woods went off i think if i remember yep. correctly they're red they're, ellison scored they're um marquise lee and robert woods the 13 and 12 224 yards and 113 yards between the, for the two of them, two touchdowns each. Like, I think that was a record for teammates in a game, all of that kind of stuff. Just like 
being at the Coliseum, the vibe, everything about it was, I agree, 50 to nothing plays a role in the mythology of the win because it's such a perfect sort of scoreline. Yeah. But even so, it was just a, it was a domination of arrival and that, that counts for even more um, from, from all perspectives. It just was an outstanding game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- Kenny in the chat says, I, I remember Arrogant Nation wrote, USC put up a point for all 50 states and UCLA couldn't do one from Puerto Rico. Yes, that was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, let's move on to, uh, we were going to skip the 2012 season, by the way. I was looking through the 2012 wins. Is there, so I'm like, is there a I don't win think that's there's worth a win. discussing? I don't think there's yeah. a win that's worth discussing in 2012, to be quite honest. I, I debated in the losses. I debated putting the ASU win on on homecoming um by the way the first day ever uh we we ever met in person ASU, yeah, yeah yeah i went to that game yeah you, you did yeah um but that that's not a member it would have easily gone into not memorable i went um, to that game and i don't remember it yeah um, the most memorable part of that day was yeah going to to uh, uh el cello el cello yeah uh but we we moved to 2013 and we will start in 2013 with a game, another game I watched with you in person, November 1st. Uh, well, we weren't in person at the game. We were at Traddy's uh, Traditions on campus, uh, USC at Oregon State. Friday night game, November 1st. Uh, Oregon State came into this game red hot. Uh, I believe they were 6-1. Uh, 6-1. and, one. Six and one. Their only loss was to... FCS Eastern Washington coming in this game. Remember Sean Mannion had not thrown an interception. This was the big deal going in this game. Um, SC, the underdog, they go into Corvallis and they win 31, 14 in 2013. I, I think at the time this felt like a big deal. I don't think it is aged well to the point that I don't think people remember it. So I think it's a, that was nice. So this was the Buck Allen game. Yes, this is the game that Buck Allen really cemented himself as like he's legit. Yeah, and for that reason, I, I'd say it was that that was nice. Um, I feel like when I think of Buck Allen, this is the game I think of. This was this was also the sort of turn of the conversation about because uh, remember, um, Coach O. Uh, yeah, Coach O takes over. USC loses respectably to Notre Dame in South Bend. Mm. It's fourteen to ten. Like they didn't. Uh, under those circumstances like it was respectable whatever that was we didn't talk about that in the losses that would have belonged in the still angry tear for me (laughs) that's fair easily Uh, one of the most like eye gouging losses i've ever seen but but it wasn't you know the, the the team didn't completely lose its marbles sure um and you're building up some momentum with Utah, and then, or like you said, Oregon State. Corvallis is a nightmare place for USC fans, and yeah. Friday nights, weekday games in Corvallis, especially, are exceptionally nightmarish. So, yeah, I think this is a that was nice. Yeah, it was a that was nice, which leads us into the 20 to 17 win over number five Stanford in 2013. Remember, Murdy mentioned this one in the chat earlier on. Is this a forever iconic or a still buzzing? This, of course, the crowd uh, field rush game. It is the last time that college game day has been to USC's campus at McCarthy Quad. 
I think it's a forever iconic. Forever iconic. Yeah. Andre Hadari hits the the game winning field goal from forty six yards away. It is uh, it's a game you remember forever. You remember where you were. You remember where you were in the Coliseum when you were there. Absolutely. What's wild is that like this this game was the sort of pinnacle of the Ed Orgeron tenure. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like an Ed Orgeron win. Uh, the way it happened, the way it all went down. Um, In hindsight, also the end of it. Well, yeah. But yes. Um, But like the, that, and that's like Tim in LA says, like the buzz in the stadium when we finally broke the, the streak was crazy. The wife and I have a selfie on the field. Yeah, that's like, to me, it's forever iconic because so many USC fans have memories of being on the field. That was, yeah. that was the first time I had been on the field at the Coliseum. And like, I went on to you know, do photography and stuff. Uh, so I was on the fields every week at the Coliseum and um, it doesn't get, you don't get sick of it, but I can tell you that. But like the first time you're down there and you're like getting to pat the shoulder pads of, of the winning kicker and like, it just, Andre Hidari. Uh, yes. Uh, 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 or of anybody, I don't even know. I think I patted Andre Hidari's shoulder pads. I don't know. It could have been anybody. Um, it was, it was wild. It was crazy. It was electric in the Coliseum. Yeah. Um, Forever iconic. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we go to the Vegas Bowl. 45-20. 45-20 win over Fresno State uh, in the Vegas Bowl. This, of course, the Derek Carr, um, Devontae Adams, Fresno, Fresno State, State yeah. uh, Bulldogs. Where, um, where, where, where do you rate them? It's either good times or still buzzing. I'm leading still buzzing just because, and, and it's and it's stupid. I just really enjoyed that game. I was there. The game was fun. It was fun. It was that, really fun. And I say this as someone who was deathly ill and hung over from the night before. Like the night before in confirm. Vegas, <laughs> the night before in Vegas, we were all hanging out in Vegas and like, I got terribly sick, like terribly sick uh overnight and like i woke up the next morning and i was just dying i was just not in a good like physical place and the game was still really fun like the game was was a fun game for what it was yeah 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 and we we touched down raisins that was the first time we we experienced touchdown raisins the people that were either behind us or next to us had these chocolate covered raisins that every time there was a touchdown everyone grabbed their touchdown raisins and like i still think about that every like that's yeah. such a cool tradition. I love it. Like, so, so from personal reasons, I think still buzzing. That was, that was just oh, really, really fun. Yeah. And uh, everything about that, ma- like the, the, that um, bowl game was like the anti sun bowl in the sense of like, yeah. everyone was just happy to be there. There were good vibes. Like, even though you'd lost, it to, meant to, nothing, but it, like, it meant it, nothing, it but at least like, you were in Vegas and, yeah, and just having a good time and, and yeah. And the, the stadium's kind of intimate. So it was just sort of like a, yeah. everybody's all there. It's together. like a little high school stadium. Yeah, it's tiny. Yeah. And, but that brought, so it means that like, it wasn't cavernous or something like that. Yeah. I love that. That win. Yeah. And, it was Clay Helton's, Clay Helton's <laughs> first, first game. win, which yeah. in hindsight will make other people angry. But it was like it was it was USC had nothing to lose, and they went and out there just and like the Ed Ogeron era. Matt Hayden should have recognized and stage left. Yes, like that. Absolutely. Okay, we, you, you did it. We don't need to see any more. Thank you. That's yes. yeah. Uh, Coach O did it with Stanford. Uh, okay, now you've done it here. That all right? We're, we can move on. 
yeah. and uh, uh, that did not happen. Uh, let's go to 2014. Uh, SC gets a 13 to 10 win at number 13 Stanford. This, Is this the Pat Hayden on the sideline yes on sark game yes it is <laughs> i forgot about that moment yeah this is also the andre hadari nails the 50 yard field goal um and then there's the um the fumble uh right after this with um where's their quarterback why am i struggling to remember who their quarterback was number eight um his name was uh, whatever he fumbled the ball uh, um sc stripped him and uh wins the game Stanford, if I remember, right, had nine drives inside the 35 and could not score. Um, I think this is a still buzzing game. I, I remember th- Kevin uh, Hogan. Kevin Hogan. Yeah. Kevin Hogan. Ugh, yeah. Kenny says it's the false hope game. It was the false hope Absolutely game. Absolutely classic false hope game. But I, I think it's still buzzing. I think it's still buzzing. Uh, I'm going to give it still buzzing. Just think, just think about it from this perspective still buzzing. You transport yourself back to September 6, 2014, and you are co- conscious of the fact that it will not get better than that this this year. Yeah. Like this is the this it, is the hype for USC. And, and Chris in the chat says losing to BC next week. Yeah, pulls, like you pulls the wind out of the sails. Yes, it did. Not only are you completely unaware of COVID-19 <laughs> and anything to do with our current existence, but like you didn't even you don't even know what's happening at Boston College. You're not even thinking about Boston College yet. Um yeah, good time. I mean <laughs> still buzzing. Still buzzing. All right. Uh probably I would put this together. I think this is the most forgotten um, I, ranked win <laughs> in the history of USC football coming up. The 28-26 win at Arizona in 2014. Was this? Uh, this was the game in which uh, Sark got the, he iced the kicker at halftime um, and successfully, and Arizona did not take the lead at the half and then try to do it at the end of the game. And it still worked because they, they blocked the field goal or missed the field goal at the end. Um, uh, Leonard Williams, was insane in this oh, game. Speaking of Leonard Williams in the Stanford game, playing on one on yeah, one leg, yeah, he was hurt. We didn't even know if he was going to play. Yes, yeah, oh, yes, yeah. Uh, okay, Stanford I'm, and this Arizona game are peak Leonard uh, Williams. Yes, and, I, and that's now that you bring it up, Leonard Williams in this game was absolutely, as the Brits say, unplayable. Um, he two sacks, uh, forced fumble. Mega. Uh, the, was the fumble um, at the goal line or something like it was something? Yeah, like, it was a it was a really big hit. Yeah, huge Leonard Williams games. Huge Leonard Williams. This game. was intense. I remember a lot of uh, like uh, Pac-12 ref moments. Uh, I think there was like a bang bay play on a roughing the punter or roughing the the punt uh, yeah. returner thing. Yeah, and and Arizona scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. USC went scoreless in the fourth quarter. It was sort of, yeah. yeah. Is okay, is this is it, a that was nice? Okay, or be, is it good times? My official, my instinct was to put it as not memorable because I literally did not remember it. I think but it's we're a not going to nice. do Leonard Williams like that. And also, Buck Allen had two hundred yards and the two hundred five yards and three he touchdowns did. in this yes. game. Yes, so we're not going to do nice. them do them dirty like that. That was nice. Yes. Okay. Uh, 49 to 14 win over Notre Dame in 2014 to, to end the regular season. Uh, I did not watch this game or go to this game. I have no memory of this game because I was in new Orleans with our friend Trinice filming for her, um, her senior thesis, uh, or her 
uh, what do you call it, or dissertation, whatever. Um, I was filming the um, Bayou Classic. I was at the, we were at the Grambling Southern game at the Superdome, getting updates on my phone about what was happening in this game. So I got nothing. This is, this is wild. This is not memorable for me, but what what, what about you? I could fill you in on it, but I, I, it's not memorable for me either, except Cody Kessler had six touchdowns. He did. Yeah. Um, I think George Farmer went off in this game. Yeah, it was Malik Zaire and then Everett Golson took over for him later because yeah. USC was was smacking him around. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't remember. Kenny says not memorable. <laughs> it's just not memorable. Okay, so that's that's fair. Is that it comes after the UCLA loss, right? So I, it feels like the season is already I over. I think that's fair. I and th- I don't think Notre Dame was good that year. So like, was it? Um, what was their yeah they were eight and five like they weren't anything special there are other wins wins or losses that USC has I, where Notre Dame is really good at the end of the season of all the wins over Notre Dame that have mattered this is the least memorable and the least meaningful this right? is your argument for the if it wasn't 50 to nothing you wouldn't remember it because this is 49 14 this should exactly. be one of the greatest wins over exactly. Notre Dame in USC history and I literally do not yeah. remember we're, a single we're, we're play putting it not memorable we're I'm gonna- sorry uh Cody Kessler I Sorry. When I think of like big Cody Kessler games, I think of like the Colorado game where he threw like seven touchdowns. Yeah, fifty so. to six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, forty-five, forty-two win over Nebraska in the twenty fourteen Holiday Bowl, aka the first game um, Brandon Troy was ever credentialed. Uh, uh, this is the uh, jet sweep touchdown from Adoree Jackson and the flip into the end zone. AKA the game where Alicia was not dressed for the cold, the cold brittle of San Diego, brutal weather, yeah. and. My toes froze off, um, but I think it's good times. This was good times because Adore Jackson. Yeah, and just just setting pure... the stage for what we thought in 2015 would be like his Heisman campaign. Yes, did not end up being the case, but I still I have like very strong memory of the moment that Adore Jackson caught that like swing pass and just glided down the field and you just look at it and go like no one runs like this kid like just on air on yeah. air Oof. the the aforementioned um uh dissertation that our friend trinace was making the 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 film project that she was mm-hmm. putting together we had to interview t martin t martin said of that play um that as soon as they lined up sark um he and Sark had noticed that the way that lined up, that if they audibleized to this thing, that it would be a touchdown. They know it. And it was. It was, yeah. Uh, 42-14 win at ASU in 2015. Uh, we know that Bleacher Report would give this one an A. Uh, famously, an A. They they rated um, Steve Sarkisian <laughs> and his coaching in, in this game. In litigation. Um, yes. Uh, where do we go? I'm going... Where- I'm going good times just because it was sitting smack dab in that dab I'm in the middle of this bad was a, times. That was that was nice. It was kind of nice. It, I I I feel like good times just because like Cody Kessler was never better than this moment. And like I living off of just just my memory of like Cody Kessler being special in in this game where it felt the, like he was. We, it, we could like go good peak. times because it gets the bump from the it's. It's revenge for jail Mary plus the whole legal element. But it does was also make it somewhat like, memorable. Sure, it was. It was also like 
Christian, a false dawn almost. Christian like, in the chat says it got better with age. It did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, fermented well. Fermented <laughs> Um, But it was also a false dawn because, like, USC had already lost to Stanford, but it wasn't, like, a bad loss. Um, yeah, but... Bouncing I, back the way that they did it felt did like, feel oh, this like team's the, fine. It did feel like won. the season... Like the the playoff hopes, because there were playoff hopes at yeah. that time. Like we're gone. Um. Anyways, we got to move on in 2015. It is the first home game for Clay Helton as a head coach. A 42-24 win over number three Utah. Cam Smith three interceptions. Yes, the Cam Smith game. Um, I'm gonna go i think it's a good time is it a still buzzing or is it a good times okay so here's the problem like it's it's at least a good time even in the moment we sort of knew that this wasn't the underdog usc knocking off number three in the country utah i think usc was favored in the game like they they were three-point favorites yeah yeah um but but wonderful performance across the board from USC. Cam Smith with the three interceptions was was yes. just so much fun. Um, yeah, I, there was there was Ronald Jones. It's we just go still buzzing. Or, I think good, good times. times. I think it was just good times. Okay. I, I don't know that I'm like buzzing off. Of, I, I don't know that I'm buzzing. This off isn't of a either. game that like USC fans bring up with to bring up to utah fans to troll them like do i mean or if they do i don't see it like i don't know right maybe i'm you know uh maybe this is weird but i sort of expected sc to sort of win that game and bounce back from you know the uh the firing of, of steve vacation and all that kind of stuff that like can that took away a little of the, yeah. the luster yeah. was the you know being favored and all that stuff uh, let's go to 40-21 over number 22 UCLA in 2015, a win that clinches the Pac-12 South. SC goes to the first Pac-12 championship game in school history. Um, first one that they're able to play in, of course. Um, big We Are SC chant at the end. There was a scoop and score. There was uh, a dominant like eight-minute drive where they just ran the ball down UCLA's throat in the fourth quarter. Good times. Good times. It was a win over UCLA, which is always good times. Um, yeah. Is it? I don't think it can be anything more no, than that. No, I, I just, I have mixed feelings. I just, this week. Th- this week, was the game that literally got Clay Helton yes, fired. Yes, and I think that's why. I think that kind of poo-poos it a it little bit. It kind of poo-poos it a little bit, because I remember thinking, like, like that was good, but there was this sort of underlying like, yeah, uncertainty about the future of the program, and yeah. All right, we moved to twenty sixteen, and for a split second, I stupidly, in my haste of of prepping for this episode, thought, "Huh, that's weird that there, there aren't any wins during twenty six the twenty sixteen regular season, right?" No, dummy. You big dumb. 26-13 over number four Washington in Montlake, in Seattle, at Husky Stadium, Saturday Night Football. 
in 2016, it's at least still buzzing, perhaps forever iconic. Um, big game from uh from our buddy. Hey baby, hey baby, hey baby, hey Um, in hindsight, I think you're you're doing a disservice to USC's win over Colorado. Um, the, the tight end game. Yes. I, I so little inside baseball here. When I put in all these games, I had that Colorado game in there in here, and then re like rechecked, and I'm like, oh, I left off the Washington game, and so I just swapped it in for, oh. for the Colorado game. But Colorado <laughs> well, game could have been on Tyler here, but it would, is, the Colorado is, game would have just been a that's nice. This and we Tyler Petit tight end erasure is uh, is is noted. You didn't even bring up Tyler Petit when we were talking in the in the heartbreaks. About the the loss to Oregon in 2015, Harry had that touchdown, that floater pass from oh, from yeah. Kessler. Well, there were a million, there were a million of like great plays. Oh, yeah, that famously, all those Tyler Petit highlights. I love, yeah, yeah. Um, he did he did have a bunch of like iconic touchdowns. So I'll give you yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Washington, yes, still buzzing. Is it iconic? <sighs> it's, it's. It might be iconic just because. That's the well uh, going into Penn State. I think it's at least still buzzing. It's at least still buzzing. Um, it, it okay to me. It's the equal game to the win at Oregon in 2011. It's the same game, with the exception of like yeah, obviously well, the, the games the played out differently yeah. and whatnot. But like the same sort of the meaning. setup. It's the setup. It's, yes. it's you're you're building momentum going through the season, but are you real? Because yes. let's be real, Arizona, the big validator. Cal and Oregon that year turned out to be terrible, yeah. and so it was like, is this real? And then they play Washington, is like, yes, this is real. And Adore Jackson goes off, and uh, Imada Bebe goes off, and this is just the whole vibe. It's it's Clay Helton getting one over on Chris Peterson um, yes. when no one thought that would happen because everyone knew what, who the better coach was and. This, that, and the other thing. Like it was the first Clay Elton win over a, a, an actually established good coach. I remember the the pod all because all those wins in between. There were wins over uh, at ASU. Um, there was uh, a win over yeah the win over Colorado. There like Arizona, Cal, Oregon. Yeah, like there were They're these all the games. same game. It's forty five, forty eight ish. And we said on the pod every single time this, these will mean nothing until SC beats Washington. Well, and then it was it was going to be the last four games of the season, remember? Because right. we talked about the when we looked at the schedule, it was November is going to be really. We tough. called and it a reverse hamburger. Yes, it was yeah. a reverse hamburger, and we didn't realize at the time that Oregon wasn't very good, but uh, certainly Washington, UCLA, and Notre Dame as a as an ending. Um, and UCLA and Notre Dame. UCLA and Notre Dame ended up either. being bad. Yeah, so, so so was Oregon. Yeah. So it, it was sort of like the one chance for USC to prove that they were something. And they did. They it was yeah. an outstanding road performance from a team that had not been great um, on the road earlier in the season. Yeah. So, so we move on to the the next big one, fifty two forty nine against Penn State in the Rose Bowl. Is that a, that's nice? <laughs> Forever iconic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What's your favorite play of that game? Oh dear. Um I know what mine is, but I'm curious if it's yours. Okay, the one that plays in my head all the time, and this is this is weird and random and, and not what anyone's gonna think. Uh the touchdown to Juju Smith Schuster, and this is purely a personal thing. 
The touchdown to Juju. Is it Smith because Schuster, the angle that we were sitting at? The angle that we were sitting at looked it, like it was like he was throwing to a, to a Penn State defender. Yes, it was just like the perfect like view of like to create max drama on the play because mm-hmm. like the the angle was of his throw like we were right in line of it but we couldn't see like Juju, Juju had to comes come from, like behind frame. the guy yeah. yeah and it was just like I just think about that watching the ball leave. Um, Darnold Darnold well, especially because this is the Darnold game, obviously. Yes. I encourage, I, I want to rewatch this game just to sort of validate how I feel about this. But I remember in the moment thinking that Darnold had a bad third quarter. He did. Well, um, he, USC ob- had a bad third he, had, quarter. He, had a, he had a great start to the game, obviously an incredible fourth quarter. But his third quarter, aside from that pass to Juju for the, t- for the touchdown, and aside from him not stumbling and getting his knee on the ground on the two point conversion. I, he missed a couple of throws. And so that pass to Juju in the moment from our angle in the press box looked like he was a surefire pick. You watch it back and you're like, no, this is a freaking perfect pass. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's an iconic moment for, for me. Also, I want to acknowledge the discussion in the chat right now. Yeah. We skipped over the Adoree Jackson Notre Dame game. Um, sorry, Adoree. That, uh, yeah. I valid yeah. still buzzing. That's still a still buzzing. buzzing. Yeah, just for just for Adore Jackson, the the hat trick uh, will is going to be something we talk about forever. So. Yes. Um. But yes, the the for me it was that play. I think that the the Deontay Burnett uh, final touchdown. The Deontay Burnett is the um, play for me. The uh, we were down on the field by that point. We're, we're da- down on the fields, down. and from our perspective, we are standing at about the five yard, ten five yard line. Yeah, in in that range. Um, on the press box side, and I just remember Deontay Burnett just leaping and catching it. Um, just having that straight up angle of that. Yeah, yeah. and then um, then remember that was the game where everybody was slipping on the ground and. Saquon Barkley has that incredible, amazing run yes. uh, in which like nine SC defenders slipped. Right. Yes. And so Penn State goes on their final drive. You and I are running down behind the Penn State bench because we want to get in good position for their final drive. And while we are running down is the interception. Yes. The, the, the second <laughs> one, the second one that Leo McQuay actually grabs and we then have to stop and turn, and I nearly tore my ACL right there. Like, <laughs> can you imagine? Uh, like, I, I, it's amazing. I didn't at least like split my pants or something. Like, it was. I don't know how I didn't get hurt. Um, doing a doing a one eighty, running back to get to the same spot we were at before, and yeah, he wins the game on a on a big long field goal from. Um, Not Bormeister. Not Bormeister. Yeah. So, all right, we move on to 2017 proper. Uh, the 42-24 win. By the way, uh, Tim in LA says, for me, it was the TD to Deontay. Uh, we could see the route and exactly how, D- how Darnold threw him open. Yeah, the angle from the sky cam on that, chef's kiss. Just because absolutely gorgeous. There's You look at it like there's no business Darnold has throwing this ball especially with Marcus Allen, who is the safety for Penn state. And he still just puts it in a spot that it's just like ridiculous. The balls to have that throw and like pull it off is nuts. Chris says, Michael Hutchins putting the team on his back to tackle Saquon on third down. So we got the ball back. That was a hell of a huge moment too, 
because I remember walking down to uh, the fields. Fans were leaving. SC fans were leaving. They like there were hundreds, if not thousands, of people who missed the end of that game. For shame. Pour one out. All right, 2017. SC wins 42-24 uh, over number 14 Stanford at the Coliseum. This was the game SC had like 9,000 yards of total offense. Also the game that I jinxed the 2017 season. Uh, we recorded the the, the car cast um, at your parents' house, if I remember right. And I said that I was kind of worried because I, I said that they might have put the expectations too far out of reach because they might never have a game that is this good on offense mm -hmm. and that I was worried about that. And I thought that would be a controversial take in the moment. It probably was, but I was right. Uh, speaking of, uh, if that Stanford game was, um, sort of a, it's a, a still false, buzzing, a false teaser. Right? Oh, absolutely. Still buzzing. Yes. Um, who was the offense of Chris Brown? I think Chris Brown had a hell of a game. Had Rest in an peace. outstanding offensive uh, uh, performance. Stephen Carr. Yes, yeah, Stephen. Um, Stephen Carr had a great game. Stephen Mitchell had a great game. Mm -hmm. uh, it just felt. I, I remember talking after that game that 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 felt like the perfect USC offense. Like the the offense. Yes. Could not have executed Super balanced. better. They, they could run the ball. They yes. could do anything you and wanted. To, and to have that dominant rushing performance. Um, yeah. Rojo has 116 yards on the ground. Mm -hmm. Vi Malapai, my guy Vi, has 49 yards on the ground, ran, ran the ball really well in six carries. Um, to do that against Stanford. Now, we didn't know that Stanford sucked. Um, to do that against Stanford felt big it felt like oof this is a statement game i remember writing about how this is a statement game uh and unfortunately that didn't quite follow through yeah not quite but um, in, in the moment yeah yeah absolutely in, in the moment still buzzing uh let's let's go to the i believe the following week sc gets a double overtime win over texas 27 20 i think this is to me is still buzzing i know there were a lot of people who were disappointed with that game and i remember getting in like i was annoyed at their twitter reaction because people were upset that how dare sc play a close game and i i get it but also in that moment sc had a long winning streak they hadn't lost in almost a calendar year they just won a game with the walk-on kicker kicking a game tying field goal and then a game winning field goal in overtime like that was everything that we talk about college football being. That has to be at least a still buzzing or if not forever, forever iconic moment. You got the jump pass from Darnold, like the whole bit, all of it, especially against Texas. You, you feel the, like the angst from the, from the, from the Rose bowl still there. Like how could you be disappointed? How could you be? Still I buzzing. personally, put this in forever iconic personally i i let's do everything it. about this game was satisfying let's do me. it um rojo's uh, sort of like the hail mary under, check under, down under yeah the hail mary check down at halftime to score the touchdown there um it, it proved that kessler wasn't crazy no he was not, he was not crazy um 
the uh, the block the, from Stephen Mitchell, the performance from Chenowosu, Nwosu, uh the first half mm-hmm. from Port Augustine before he got injured. Yep. Like all of my faves had a really good third team All American Jack Jones. I think had a pick. Yeah, it was just like everyone that I really wanted to do well did really well in this game. Um, Rojo had his iconic moment. Um, we had there was the iconic Stephen Carr moment on uh, it was third down, third and long. Um, Darnold had big iconic moments to 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 win the game on the field goal to to um, to force overtime in the first place. Every, yeah, and that I was I, and again, like I've said, like. I got to be on the field the last time that USC had an, an overtime winner at the Coliseum, uh, not overtime, but like a, a, a game winning kick at the death at the Coliseum. I, I, I stormed the field. And then this time I was under the goalpost as a photographer for that mm-hmm. game. And to see that go in and the team just celebrating and to be there in and among the celebrations with my camera, just taking photos and getting to soak in it all. Like it just from a personal perspective, I, everything about the game was perfect. Was Texas, as good as we wish they would have been so that it could have been a really iconic game. No, but like there was also bad blood there. Like for a long time, you and I had a a poster from that game hanging up on the, on the wall about, you know, talking yeah. about the, the Sam Darnold and like the rem- the USC Texas rematch. Like I just, everything about the, to me, the game was iconic. Um, I, I remember personally. going into the tunnel and I was walking up the tunnel and I looked to my right and it was Vince Young. <laughs> and it was the weirdest moment. You uh, didn't you send was, me a text message saying that like you were standing behind uh, Matthew McConaughey or something like well, that? Well, there was like, another time where I like no, I think I saw Matthew McConaughey, but I think it, I yeah. think it was our friend Keely who was uh, next to McConaughey. Okay, yeah, it was but just, I might have seen McConaughey. I think I was close to McConaughey. Somebody I know saw but McConaughey. No, but either the, way, it was just like the, the Vince Young thing was surreal because it's like. I'm walking up the tunnel and child me hated this man. And here he is <laughs> two feet like from in me. in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. This is weird. Um, all right. Let's move on to the Utah win in 2017. Uh, 28-27. Utah scores at the end. They go to a, for a two-point conversion to win on the road. Troy Williams scrambles to the outside and he's stopped by a Jana Harris. Can't get in. Is is this still buzzing? Because I feel like this just like was one of those again, like just dramatic as all like sweaty. I, just like how like the margin between USC winning and losing this game was just like the 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 width of a hair. Like it was just Yeah. I I hate to break it to you. Uh, no, I think this was a that's nice. Okay, because I, that's I remember fair. being in the in the um, being at the Coliseum and like it was one of those things where yes, SC needed the win, but like they had lost to Washington State a couple weeks before the season had already started to take that sort of yucky turn. Obviously, SC wins the conference in 2017, so it's not really yucky, but it's yucky in comparison to the preseason expectations. And this was when I think the the luster was really off of the the Clay Helton start. That's fair. And so I think this is and a, the next week it sort of goes to show that it was you know yeah all the next for week is the blowout at Notre Dame yeah, yeah. um all right I mean, we'll that move was, on that's nice I'm I'm fine with that 
and we go to the 49-35 win over number 23, Arizona in 2017. This, of course, the of course the Khalil Tate Arizona oh, team. Oh, SC jumps out to a huge lead and then blows it to Khalil Tate, who goes completely off. But SC scores the final 14 points to win 49-35. There's a brilliant pass from Darnold to, to Rojo down the sideline where he just feathered it in uh, on a wheel route that was beautiful. Um, yeah. Good times? Uh, I'm going to go that was nice just because that third quarter was the most miserable experience of time okay. in a football game. A lot of weird penalty stuff. So many penalties. It was just all about the refs. Like it was, it was good to get the win. It was an exciting game, but uh, I dock it for some of just the the yeesh of it all. All right, Pac-12 championship game. Month later, thirty-one twenty-six over number fourteen Stanford. Uh, I think this has to be a still buzzing. SC wins the Pac-12 championship. Wasn't the great iconic moment that I think you'd want a conference title to be, but I disagree. But do you think it is iconic? I think the goal line stand at the end is iconic. Um, I think Josh follows. Is uh, it iconic in like? I think I, it's probably I, I think living it's, in a space I, between iconic and buzzing. Yeah, are you going to tell your children about that fifty years from now? I don't think maybe so. maybe not. But uh, that's, that's that's and I fair. and I say that as a you know as a tenant of who stand here. But for a Pac-12 title win, it was you know the, those don't come like what's I think it? still buzzing. Okay, uh, we go still buzzing. That's fine. I think still I, I I will argue. Kenny for in the chat says iconic. iconic. I I just think it's the only Pac-12 title win that USC has in this era. Right? Am I missing one? No, that's it. So, and it happens with the goal line stand. Channel was okay. We're going iconic then. We're going iconic. Play like yeah. I think I think we still talk about it enough. Okay. Um, is it, it? It's knocked down because 2017 in the Clay Hilton era leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouth. So because of what happens at the end of the season, but for that moment, Pac-12 title win, yeah, uh, against a, a rival, against a rival who had had USC's number on plenty of other occasions. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, uh, 31-20 win over number 19, Colorado, in 2018. This is, of course, the uh, the infamous Palaye Naoteote game. Not memorable? That's, um, that, that is totally valid. I, Not memorable is totally fine for this. Except for I remember that he had a great game in one of those games. But This was the, the time, the, the brief moment where it's like, yeah, he needs the 55. Yes, and it was moment. very fleeting. what a what a lovely brief moment of uh, give the kid the fifty five. Um, yeah. yeah. All right, uh, twenty nineteen forty five twenty over number twenty three Stanford uh, in twenty nineteen. This is of course the Keaton Slovis first start game. That was nice. It has to be a, that. It was, was nice. that was nice. Yeah, I think that was nice. I think that's fair. You go in. Yeah, 40, Stanford's ranked. Keaton forty five unanswered points. I think you, you thought you were going to have J T. Daniels forty two unanswered in his second uh, in his second go around, and instead you end up with Keaton Slovis, and it's very uncertain about what the future for USC holds. And he goes out and slings it, and you're like, oh, this kid can play. Okay, let's go. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, the 2019 win over U- number 10 Utah, 30 to 23. Reggie Bush on the sidelines. It's Matt Fink throwing YOLO balls. Utah and man coverage and not willing to change things up. This was For- Utah's only blemish in the season until the Pac 12 championship game. Forever iconic. And I said it. 
Uh, okay. I I, USC, I don't I don't hate that. You know what the worst thing about the 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 Pete Carroll losing the first Pac-12 road game um, trend was? My birthday is September twentieth. When do you think most of those games happened? Around the week of my birthday, sure. it became a thing. I got annoyed. So the fact that USC won a game on my birthday with my boy, Matt Fink, who I went to bat for in the offseason and got ridiculed by people after spring camp when I ranked him uh, at the top of my quarterback power rankings because I said out of spring camp, he was the one that had the offense looking the best. I'm sorry. I know everyone wants it to be different, but like, I'm sorry. That's what I saw with my own two eyes. For him to come out and YOLO ball the hell out of that on my birthday against Utah with that, with Reggie Bush being there, oh, everything, everything about that, just like inject it into my veins. I feel like it's a still buzzing, but okay. I, I will, I will, I will I, cater still, to you and give you the okay, we, forever. We can icon. go still buzzing. I'm fine with it being still buzzing. For me well, personally, me you're personally, YOLO ball coming out of that game was everything um yes absolutely <laughs> just euphoric for for me uh like it was it was it was it felt like my day and it was my day it was my birthday yeah it was a good gift uh let's move to 2020 the 28 27 <laughs> win over arizona state of course this is the uh, rabid comeback as he had at 9 a.m. in an empty coliseum <laughs> uh, with a tipped pass and reception by Brew McCoy, followed by a touchdown up the seam to Drake London. I don't, that, was, that game. Is it a that's nice? It, I mean, it's obviously it was cool. Like it was cool in the moment, but like, is it really good times? I think. I'm going to say it was really good times because I I don't want to do Drake London dirty. Okay. He was immense. The way that USC came back was immense. The context of the game was, st was stupid. It never should have been that close. Um, it was a sort of a sign of what, where USC was all of that yeah. kind of stuff. But like, we didn't know what the rest of the season was going to be. All we no. were, we just knew that football was being played and that that was good. Like we yeah, were happy yeah. that football was being played. It was sort of weird being in, in an empty Coliseum. So the whole thing was just sort of weird, but like in terms of USC wins, like if you're going to pull off a comeback in the final three minutes of the game, the way that USC did it with the touchdown catch that USC did it with, with that Drake right. London pulled off good times. I'm going to pay respect to that man. All right. Uh, let's go to a 43-38 win at UCLA in 2020. I think this is good times. That was a hell of a game um, at the Rose Bowl, the COVID season. I think this is the only thing worth mentioning ever about the COVID season was that game. I think it's worth a good times. Um, SC wins in the final seconds. Yeah, it's thinking back times. on it, in, in, the, in the losses episode, we had a lot of Brent Hunley talk. Um, is Dorian Thompson Robinson like the anti-Brent Hunley in the sense that like, really good he like usc and ucla played each other close so many times in his era but usc got the, the better of him in in, in oh all, all, all about that one time yeah. all about that one time yeah. well two times i guess yeah. um, was he the i don't remember was he the quarterback for the like he was injured for the 2018 game i don't think he was i don't remember um but no yeah i i, I good times that was nice either mm, all right yeah 
we, we get to the final three. The Lincoln Riley era wins here. Uh, 17 14 on the road at Oregon State. SC pulling it out of their derriere. The, the Neon nudge, followed by the touchdown pass to, uh, to Jordan Addison. I think this is a still buzzing. Yes. Um, I'm mm-hmm. still buzzing. Good times. Mm, good times. Okay. Did the final minute salvage the, the, the frustration? So, so here's the thing. Uh, here's the thing. This final minute absolutely salvaged what was a very painful eyesore of a game. Like, Caleb Williams was not good. Um, USC's offense was not good. That's uh, fair. Let's just go good times. Then. I go good times. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, my thing, I, I think Lincoln Riley was, should be given the benefit of the doubt for a, a bad performance. It's early. It was early on as his fourth game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't think it's that big of a deal, but, but yeah, yeah. I hear you. All right. 48, 45 win at number 16 UCLA. It's another one of those iconic it's, DTR. It's uh, forever iconic. DTR just USC and USC and UCLA when DTR is the quarterback are just going to go off and choose chaos. And, uh, and in this case, USC got the, got the better of it. And, um, was it particularly iconic for the defense? No, but in terms of just pure it's entertainment a, value, it's a game we will rem- remember forever. Yes, Corey Foreman being out of position for a game-ending t- interception, iconic. Yeah. Yes. All right, we get to the Notre Dame win, thirty-eight twenty-seven uh, over over Notre Dame. Um, Kenny, by the way, said about the UCLA game that it was like a movie. It was. You you couldn't script it. You yeah. really couldn't. Yeah, it really did feel uh, that way. Uh, the Notre Dame win. SC wins 38-27. Caleb Williams um, puts all the punctuation necessary on the Heisman. I am torn between iconic and buzzing, and I think it's somewhere in the middle of there. It's at I, least buzzing. I think it's buzzing um, just because, like, can we all take a second to recognize that, like, USC's defense made um, Drew Pine look like he could throw a football? Um, but that game was never in doubt. No, it was never in doubt. And Caleb Williams did. It was the most comfortable of any of the games in the second half of the season. Yes. Um, yes. Against a team with the pulse. And it was, it was, it was Austin Jones coming through after USC had lost, uh, Troy, uh, Travis die. Um, yes. An outstanding performance. Enjoyable from start to finish. Mostly. Um, Still buzzing. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, so this leaves us with uh, a final tally of forever iconic, the 50 to nothing win over UCLA in 2011, the uh, field rushing game in 27, uh, 2013 over Stanford, the epic Rose Bowl win over Penn State, the double overtime win against Texas in 2017, the win over the Stanford Cardinal in the 2017 Pac-12 championship game and the 48-45 win at UCLA in 2022. That's it. That's Those are the forever iconic wins uh, in SC history, of course. Plenty of big still buzzing wins 
wins at Oregon, at Washington, at Stanford, a um, couple of wins over Stanford and Notre Dame there. So, um, yeah, I, I think that there absolutely have been big key moments. Is the wealth of these moments on par with the Pete Carroll era the decade before this? No, but there's absolutely plenty of moments here that I think that you'll forever remember. And I think that's the, that's the important part. Even in the, the times where SC doesn't have a national championship to their name, you want to be able to still have iconic moments and SC has those. There have been really good times in the, in the past, uh, you know, decade or so. It hasn't always been great for USC. It's been, it's been a struggle at times, but there have been some really, really outstanding wins that we will continue to talk about. So, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, uh, let's turn the page and go over to uh, the mailbag. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide-open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its opera ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. You've got mail. We got a question from, from Cameron in the chat. Are the rumors of Oregon and Washington going to the Big Ten at the end of the week true or not? I don't know. I, 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 don't, I have not paid nearly enough attention to this stuff as I probably should. Um, here's what I'll say. Did we know that USC and UCLA were going to the Big Ten before it happened? No. We knew right around the time when it actually happened. So these things... We didn't know about you. Texas and Oklahoma had sort of, I think there had been like a little bit of a, a, a an undercurrent, but until it happened, it just all happened at once. So what I would say is that if reliable rumors about Oregon and Washington going to the Big Ten actually are there, they will be followed very swiftly by that being made official or as official as Bruce Feldman saying it ha- it's happening. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I would take them with a grain of salt. Do I think that there's a good chance that Oregon and Washington eventually go to the big 10? Yeah, I think there's, there's, I I don't have hopes for the PAC 12 existing in its current membership, um, for too much longer, but if those were reliable rumors, the news would come swiftly. Yeah. Uh, 
I, I think so. And, and keep an eye out for how all this stuff is going to shake out. I know the ACC is in a bit of turmoil this week. There's ACC meetings going on. There's questions about ACC schools and whether or not they're going to, you know, potentially force the hand of, of, of the conference and whatnot there. So I don't know. All this stuff to me, it, it, it all feels yo-yo-y. I just put people in a locked room and don't let them come out until there's an answer. And then when they come out, tell me what the thing is. So that way I don't have to do the whole yo-yo thing. That's all I want. That's all I want. Um, all right. That's going to wrap up this thing. We'll be back next week. Talk more USC football next Monday, 5 p.m. Pacific here live on YouTube. And of course, um, we ranked the USC victories of the Pac-12 era right here on YouTube live. Uh, if you're a member and there will be a members only episode posted later on tonight that you can check out here where we talk about the Pac-12 losses, uh, the, uh, the USC losses of the Pac-12 era, and you can rank how hurtful all those losses were. The jail Mary, the, uh, the blowout to Notre Dame, the Tulane loss. Where do they rank? I don't know. Check that out if you're if you're a member. If you're not a member, you can join us. You get bonus content every month as long and as well as access to uh, the Discord, so we can chat with us and the rest of the Rot Squad. Um, that's gonna be it. We will be back next week. Uh, we appreciate you guys as always. And until then, see ya. See ya.